Hello and everybody, or whatever, uh, and welcome to another episode <laughs> of the Shift Podcast with your host Alex Price. And today we are joined by a Pacific Northwester yeah. who uh, is somehow trapped in Louisville at the same time I am. That seems to be a running theme on this podcast is people are just trapped in Louisville, Kentucky with me. <laughs> I did an episode with Kanane and Ryan Singer at the same time, hey. and we were all in a hotel room exactly like this. Look at those guys. So you are number two on that, but we have Monica Nevy That's here. me. Hello. Thank Comedian you. Comedian and all around, all around cool person. <laughs> all around cool. When did we meet, Monica? Do you remember? I mean, think maybe the first time was with Limestone... In like 2019 or something. Is that? Yeah, that did makes you do? sense. Okay, and then but then I feel like we did like another festival or two other festivals or something like that. I think we did 10,000 laughs in yes. 2019. Yeah, which and then just a lot of people being in India a lot. I feel caused like. K, uh, COVID. Caused COVID. That was us. Yeah, we. I had, mean, we had too much fun. I wouldn't say we were responsible, but it was a good time. Yeah, that was <laughs> real good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, and so you are in town. Yes. Um, really, just seeing the sights. It yeah. seems. <laughs> uh, you were supposed to be at Planet of the Tapes tonight, but of course, oh. as fate would have it, yeah, you have been put out by checks notes a parade. Yes. Parades are honestly the antithesis of comedy, right? Like really, they're, is they're quite the, the opposite. They're, yeah. the, they're, they're the enemy. supposed to make a lot of noise, not pay attention. There's candy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, if you threw candy during your show, more people. I could just more people would come. Create a trail to the door. not even come. More people would abandon this parade and uh, realize that your art. It's more important. It's it is more important. Halloween. It's the Saturday of like Halloween weekend, which doesn't. Yeah. Didn't help anybody, I feel like, in general, let alone that this parade seems to go right on the road that you have right. to use to get to Planet of the Tapes. But yeah. I also didn't, like, sell it out in advance either, so that was part of the decision, I think. Right. Yeah. But I think yeah, there's a lot going on tonight. Like, uh, oh, I yeah. am at a different comedy club here in town uh, with Dave Attell. Uh, right across the street from where we are, uh, My Morning Jacket is performing a sold-out show. Uh, in their hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's also another comedy club where I'm sure Shucky Ducky Quack Quack is performing or <laughs> something. Right. There's a lot of stuff uh, to Some do. weird road hack. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. I was like, there's... I, I, I'll check eventually, but I, I hope it's not one of my friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but sometimes it happens. Um, but, yeah, we're all here. Uh, and you will be doing a guest spot. Tonight with uh, Di David Attell and Lewis Katz and me. Yeah, I think that'll, so that'll change, be, my, change my... That uh, should be fun. ...demeanor after that. Get a, a good comedy club crowd to yeah. do some art for. Although, I will say... <laughs> they might cancel it. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> the, sh the late shows uh, are at 10.30. Yeah. Which is fucking crazy. So late. Past because my bedtime. It's uh, you know, the sh the first show starts at like seven fifteen or something, oh, or wow. seven thirty or something. Yeah, so three hours and between. Normally, if you don't know, listener, mm -hmm. you need about it seems like a half an hour in between shows to kind of flip the room, but they give them more time. But usually, that's it's eight and ten thirty, mm -hmm. or it could be seven thirty and ten. But so seven thirty to ten thirty is a long time, right? And 10.30 makes it so that that later crowd uh, has an extra half an hour <laughs> to drink whiskey. To drink <laughs> bourbon yeah. here in uh, Louisville. Kentucky. Right in the lobby of this, right in, uh, this yeah. place. Yeah. Or in the lobby of that comedy club. Yes, exactly. There's a full-on bar there. So <laughs> I, did, I watched your late show last mm -hmm. night because um, I, I did actually have a show last mm -hmm. night at the club I was supposed to be at. So How that was, was good. It? it was pretty good. You know, it's it's a small room. Have you been in there? No. It's, I mean, I'm sure it fits 70 people and there was 20 or 30, you know, it wasn't. But right. they were a really good and polite crowd, you know, and stuff. And then I came to see you guys, which was, you know, sold out, huge room. Mm -hmm. And all I was thinking was like, they're not <laughs> giving you enough, you know, like you and Louis oh, were killing. And I yeah. was like... These guys, which, I mean, I've never 
seen Dave's crowds, but I assume the type of people he draws, which is mostly dudes and kind of a, uh, yeah, they like the roasty mean stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. And I fucking like it too. But it's like, yeah, they don't want to like give you enough or they give you your flowers basically. And it was fucking right. irritating me because I was like, these are great jokes. I was just like loudly laughing behind this table of guys with their arms crossed. I was like, Fuck there was off. a lot of arm crossed dudes yeah. there last night. Also, I will say point blank, Dave Attell hated that crowd. Really? Specifically. Okay. That one was, I could he was see like, that. this is one of the worst crowds I've had in a while. That's funny because there still weren't bad. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I tried to explain, I tried to explain that to people. I'm like, uh, yeah, that crowd was actually really good if you were any other fucking person. Yeah, definitely. But um, no, because even for him, they were like, you know, more into, of course, because that's the person they're there to see or whatever. But then they started, it was like they shifted very quickly from like arms crossed to like too loose and then like the like yelling out type of shit. Yeah, and I was so like, a oh woman, a woman fell on me uh that was massaging her amputee husband which you know that's a tale as old as time right there massaging her amputee husband the only mm. visual i had was that she was massaging the, not the, the stump the, she what, was what's, massaging what's shoulders yeah. okay good uh, and she fell over? but she fell like fully on me like i felt something hit my leg and i was like what the fuck and i looked and she was down there she had just given me a fist pound and then pulled me towards her face and I was just like, you, obviously. No. Yeah. 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 And there so, was whoever the woman, I don't even remember what they were saying. Yeah. It was the couple on my side of the room. Mm-hmm. There's the woman that was yelling at, and you could just tell that he was not really having fun with her. You know no. what I mean? Like, because she kept saying, you're not hot. Oh, yeah. I was like, first off, who it, that came out of nowhere. And it's not like he comes up there and is like, I'm yeah. super hot. You know, he's I like, think yeah. The, the question Dave asked was, uh, how do you prefer to, uh, you know, enjoy oral sex? Mm. And she responded with, you're not hot, yeah. which doesn't. My favorite part of the whole thing was then he was like, wait, what did you say? And then she said, you're not that hot. <laughs> which mm-hmm. She like reconsidered. She was like, well, he's kind of hot, but not that hot. And it was just the weird. And she just kept saying it. It was just drunk is what it is. And but, then while oh I was on stage. A guy tried to stand up over to the left, and he immediately collapsed on his old lady because he was so drunk. Is that what I heard people go? We, Is he okay? And yeah, and then like, we had to have security help him up and get out of there. Jesus. I mean, so that's, that's the 1030. You're of, right, though. Yeah. More time for them to drink before is never a right. good thing. But All right. So well, I'll be happy to be there and do that tonight. Yeah, we're going to have fun. <laughs> well, while we're here, we're going to do uh, a sweet little podcast that uh, has been a project of mine so we're gonna be talking about your old jobs and what it was like to say fuck that bet on yourself and uh go all in so all right first question what did you want to be when you grew up when i was little Mm -hmm. i wanted to be a basketball player to be honest and and i did uh i did play basketball all the way through college right so that was where i thought i was gonna be um which, you know, just I like to choose things that people love right. that women do. Um, <laughs> so for those that don't know, Monica, how tall are you? Five, six. Five, six. Yeah. Uh, but definitely has. Point guard, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> I think, Monica, if you lived in Indiana, you would have been one of the greatest basketball players. We played against Purdue when I was in college. Yeah. Where, what college you go to? Seattle U. Okay. Yeah. I, I got hurt uh, really in my freshman year, but then played my sophomore year and then it just was essentially an injury I couldn't come back from right and so I like stayed with the team and all that stuff but and my degree is in sports and exercise science so it worked out Mm -hmm. that way but I didn't my career was not what I wanted it to be right and then I actually I think I wanted to do stand-up when I was like 15 16 or knew that I liked it a lot and so actually the injury was the catalyst of me allowing myself to go and do that. So I actually started stand up my junior year in college because I had lost this thing I had identified myself as. Right. So I uh I started doing stand up after I got fired uh from my caseworker job. Mm. Um yeah, I I, I I talked back a little too much to management <laughs> uh, and questioned them uh, via text message. Is that how and this r- comes about? Have you been fired them. more than once? Just that once. Yeah, I've been fired more than once. Okay. Uh, what was your very first job? I think like legally was 
I, I, I coached no, sports illegally. camps. Illegally. Illegally. Let's talk. How many people have you killed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to just do um, like yard work for a lot of people either in our neighborhood or like my parents' friends and stuff. And they would pay me, which was funny because it was always a different amount of money. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, I'd be like, oh, I'll probably get 30 bucks this time. And then one time it's 50 and one time it's 27. And you're like, what are you guys just making? That's the same amount of time I was pulling weeds or whatever. Right. Uh, but I did a lot of stuff like that when I was younger. I can't wait for the fucking IRS to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I'd be like, we're going back. Listen to everybody talk about because everybody has. I was going to say, because now they shouldn't look at me right. either. <laughs> Paperboy, uh, fucking camp counselors. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I did that too. A lot actually. of people worked at golf courses when they were like, that was their like first job. My first, when I was 15, I worked for Skyhawks, which is a sports camp company during the summer. And mm-hmm. I did mostly basketball camps, but I did some like... I did golf camps, which actually made sense because I, I also golfed, but I did like a soccer camp. I've never, that's like the one sport I never wanted to play. So I really don't know shit about soccer. Mm-hmm. I was like, sure, here we go. I don't yeah. know. So yeah, I did that. You just throw a ball out there. When I was like Just 15. go get it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh man, I had a lot of jobs when I was in high school. Just, I would have like multiple jobs at a time while I was in school, while I was playing sports. And now I'm like, I can barely do one job. I don't know how I did that. Right. It was like I worked at Old Navy uh, and for Skyhawks and went to school. Like it just, even in college I had jobs. The last two, I guess, that were like, this is what I joke about on stage as like my day job before I mm-hmm. um, went full time was that well, first I worked at a, a trampoline facility <laughs> like oh i have a joke could, about those that you can yeah, yeah jump on it and yeah. you can play dodgeball and there's foam pit and shit right yeah i was a supervisor at one for like two years and i have jokes about it but mostly about i hated my manager there he was the worst so i actually won at the time i was making like ten dollars and 25 cents an hour or something Ooh. this was pre seattle being ahead of the curve and making minimum wage 15 dollars um mm-hmm. And I hated him so much that I was like, I will take less money to be somewhere else. And so I had worked at like YMCA's and stuff before. So I went to a boys and girls club for like, which <laughs> was like 925 to enter. But because I had a college degree, I got 975 an hour. <laughs> that $0.50, cents, I think, warrants the tens of thousands of dollars in, you know, Yeah, debt. student loan debt. Yeah. Have, yeah, all that good stuff. Um and that's the one that I left, you know, after three years or whatever to be full time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been fired? I don't. I've never been fired in like a angry. I've been let go once because of they just didn't need two people. And I only worked on the weekends. I worked at a deli in Belltown in Seattle, which if you know, Seattle is kind of like the. There's a lot of drugs there. I don't really know how mm-hmm. else to say that, but um, so, but I only worked on the weekends. The cool part of town, <laughs> yeah, because I was in college at the time, and so then they decided they just needed one person, and they weren't going to have someone because I worked in the deli at a convenience store. Um, weren't going to have someone on the weekends, so I yeah was not was let go. I guess. It's, Did you get a severance package of a sandwich and? My the guy who managed the deli yeah would come in on the weekends and make himself sandwiches and then just leave because that's just like how he would eat because <laughs> that's how little we were getting paid and living in Seattle mm-hmm. even then is too expensive so right yeah <laughs> um, I should have stole more shit have you ever hooked up with a coworker yes well yeah. I used to have a joke about how that was like a pattern of mine but I do think it's pretty common in mm-hmm. general yeah definitely. but yeah when i worked at the trampoline place we were all more similar ages i mean i guess that happened at like the ymca and stuff too but did anything happen on a trampoline <laughs> not with me no but i feel like somebody did something in there there was a lot of like cross-pollination that's not what <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you call it but you know what i mean a lot of yeah co-workers getting around everyone was in their a microcosm 18 19 20 20 like that area of the age Peak range horn. yeah and everybody was around that same age so right it, yeah <laughs> what uh 
what do you think the worst job you ever had was? Probably that one. Yeah. I mean, it was like... <laughs> like, have you ever seen... Like, when you were at this uh, trampoline place, did you ever see, like, gruesome injuries? Oh, constantly. In yeah. fact, that place got shut down because they had too many open lawsuits that they couldn't pay for. It was because you have to sign a waiver and stuff, you know. But for some reason in Washington State, there's some certain loopholes. I don't know. And so they had gotten sued like a lot. And uh, mostly it was because of the manager that I hated because he like would just let people like we, you have a limit of how many people can be on fucking trampolines at mm -hmm. one time. And shit started breaking and stuff because he would be like, oh, just let 200 people in there when their limit's like 150. And I'm like, great. So we were running into each other, craziness. And it was almost always men and usually like in their 30s because they're, you know, excited to do something cool that they think they're bros are going to think. And then, you know, he gets his leg caught and he breaks his leg in the middle of... <sighs> I saw broken legs. I saw a kid I'm pretty sure is paralyzed from the neck down. Like he landed on his head and then just kind of rolled into the foam pit. We had to have like, I think we had eight firefighters and then like four of my like bigger guy staff in there because you can't just like pull him out. Cause I right. had to put a stretcher underneath him in a foam pit to get him out. And it's like his mom and his grandma were there like watching this. Whole, it was horrible. How old was he? Probably 16. And I do think that was one of the lawsuits because it was something about like having the parents sign for the kid and then them getting hurt. It was a weird, there was just some way around it. When I first started working there, there was three open lawsuits that, which was, you know, it's an extreme sport type mm -hmm. of thing. There, it's going to happen. But when I left, there was 21, like Ooh. a lot different. So seven times we saw a That's guy. Math. Well, this happened before I was there and this was like on the news and stuff at the time, but this guy broke his leg. Oh no! Down here, and it you know it ripped through. Sorry if you're uh, <laughs> serious. Oh, yeah. And part of his bone like flew somewhere, and they couldn't find it. Like they lost his bone, and still like we never found it. So I'm like, is it still just under the trampoline somewhere? But um, it was like a bigger lawsuit because they couldn't find his bone. It was really weird. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just a tale as old as time right there. Like, <laughs> well, and You get in a trampoline accident. You have a terrible break. I would it say. It shoots through your leg. Oh, yeah, you know, your bone. And part of your bone just disappears in a vast, apparently cum-soaked trampoline park. Yeah. I would think, I don't know if I like telling people this stuff, but if you are a germaphobe, like, I would think you'd be nervous to go to a place like that anyways. Right. Because there's a bunch of 16-year-old kids cleaning it at the end of the night. But for the foam pit, because we had like bloody noses five, six times a day because yeah. somebody's knee hits them in the face or whatever. So then what you would do as a supervisor, you'd get in there with gloves and f try and pick out each piece of foam that had blood on it, throw it, and then you'd spray it on the top with a bleach water. And then that was it. That was good. Like at the end of the good. night, every night, we just evened it out and then sprayed the top of it, just the top, with bleach water. And then... Um, People wonder how COVID happened. I know. <laughs> well, so we had like, you know, there's all those square trampolines, square trampolines. And then in the middle, there was like a tumble track, you yeah. know, like gymnasts use. And that one, we only had a certain number of those trampolines to like replace it with. And one time, we didn't have an extra one and somebody broke their leg on it and then... It was bleeding and it like soaked it dripping through the oh. and we couldn't replace it so we just sprayed it with bleach for a long time and that was it <laughs> like that was and it was just you still there pour, you had to pour coca-cola on it yeah so I, it's funny that they got sued for certain things when i'm like there's a lot of their shit they probably should be questioning <laughs> but that was probably the worst mostly because hindsight's 2020 i didn't like the bosses i didn't um like my coworkers were okay. You know, I liked a few of them, a couple of them. And, uh, but then like even the, the, what you were doing was terrible. Oh my God. It was just, and it was in a rich part of Seattle it's called Bellevue. And, uh, so it's just like rich moms that are just complaining about every single thing. I'm like, it's a fucking snack bar. There's a 16 year old kid making your pizza. What do you expect? Also, you know, she's like, I had a mom come up to me so upset. And she was like, some guy just almost ran over my kid and i go yeah there's too many people out there and she goes yeah and i was like yeah you want to talk to who's responsible because i didn't give a shit at this point i was yeah. like you want to talk to it's my manager he keeps letting too many people out there come on can you come with me as she's like starting to cry but i like didn't 
give her any sympathy not that i didn't feel bad for her but i was so fucking fed up with them that i was like yep come on come talk to him here we go <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not to mention that you probably have some mild form of ptsd with seeing saving private ryan injuries uh, yeah all the time yeah it was i mean and we you know some people when they like you were right next to where it happened or something we'd have to send them home because they were like in shock like faces are white you know not everybody's good at seeing you're not an emt you know right. you're not trained to see something so her- horrible so we, yeah our, you know yeah because it is 18 year old guy watches a 30 year old man break his leg in front of his children <laughs> 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 and then he's like oh my god we're like yeah get on out of here oh. <laughs> scoot <laughs> <laughs> so dumb but it was and then also was like the other you know, like working in a snack bar, cleaning the bathrooms, like all the other like gross, shitty things all in one job. Right. So there wasn't really a fulfilling part yeah, about that. <laughs> I mean, I had a little bit of that with like I worked at a McDonald's like my very first job. Mm-hmm. And because I was the youngest person, they would make me go like deal with the play place sometimes. Mm. But I was still a large person. Yeah. I mean, I was way smaller than I am now. But like. Like I'm having, you to, now mil- to, get I'm having to military crawl through the play place because there was like a small ball pit and some kid, I don't know if he had a bag or if he was just there all day. He took every single ball from the ball pit and put it in the top room. Oh, like just. Yeah, just took them all up there, put them in the top room. And so <laughs> I had to go down there and I had to go up there and get them. Oh, my God. And then also kids pissed in that thing all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's Well, and that was people. Because I worked with kids, like really worked with kids in like youth development situations later. Well, even before that, I guess, too. But there's a fulfilling part of that, of like you're making a difference. You're just structured. You're helping them with homework, whatever, you know. But this was you're not connected to these kids at all. They don't listen to you. So they're little shits running around. And then they're going to throw up in the middle of the floor. People threw up on the trampolines a lot because either it was a kid I was there for a birthday party, just ate a bunch of cake or some shit, and is now jumping up and down. Or we got dumb, drunk 21-year-olds coming in after they had just, you know, done shots in the parking lot, and they're <laughs> running across the pad, like, trying not to throw up everywhere. It was just gross. <laughs> I, I, you know, I work security as a, at, a, at a bar right now, and uh, I remember one time this group of just very nerdy-looking gentlemen. Okay. One of which had just turned 21. Mm, here we go. Came into the bar. And I always tell the guys that when they come in, when they turn 21, that their friends that are with them that night aren't their friends. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're the people that are actively trying to poison you mm-hmm. and humiliate you in a way that will be legendary for them to tell everybody. Yeah, you're supposed to remember it or not remember and it so forever. They start giving these this kid who looks like, Harry Potter like just shot after <laughs> shot after shot and then I watched this kid take a shot of prairie fire which is um oh, a tequila and hot sauce oh no and I just I looked at that kid and I go why that. why would you do that and he goes he'll be fine and then two minutes later that kid puked everywhere and so when <sighs> when they puke in the bar you have to tell them to leave and so I got up there and I go hey guys um, I told you not to give him that shot, and you did, and he puked, so we got to ask you to leave. And he goes, oh, no, well, to be honest, he didn't puke because of the booze. He puked because he ate too much cake. And as a person who loved cakes, uh, that was the most offensive shit I could hear. Like, how dare you blame this on cake? Don't blame this on, don't bring cake into this. Don't bring cake into this. You can't, no one has ever been like, oh, you know what would help me digest this cake? Some tequila and hot sauce mm-hmm. mixed together. Why don't no. you put in boat gas as yeah, well? Yeah, that's or... never happened. Get the <laughs> fuck out. I'm mad at them now, too. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, so cool. Any good I quit stories? Got any of those big like, fuck you, fuck you? No, I wish I did. Everybody doesn't. Everybody wishes they had one, but they don't. I don't think I really would. But like, I think when I worked at Old Navy and I was done, I had given them my two weeks, but then just didn't. Like, I called out a bunch of times after that or something. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's normal. Yeah, and I, the manager, one of the managers who I don't think really knew what was going on, but she was like, um, you keep calling out what's going on. And I go, this is my last day anyway. <laughs> she was like, all right. But um, yeah, every other time, even uh, even 
I don't know if I should say it, but it's called Sky High. But <laughs> even from there, I still liked some of the people I worked with. So it was kind of a sad, you know, right. and I've always given my two weeks or whatever. I've never just like walked out. But now I've had several friends who have worked uh, clothing retail, mm-hmm. especially um, women or, you know, uh, and they have all told me just blindly that they shoplifted all the time. Mm. I knew a lot of, well, yeah, they were girls too. Yeah. I don't know why that's a thing, but it was mostly women who worked there. Um, that were, that stole from Old Navy when we were there, and mm-hmm. I had a couple people get fired for it, but I never did. However, I did steal stuff just from the store normally once. <laughs> I actually didn't think about it. I put a belt over my belt, like just to... I, it was like in the middle of everything. I think I was joking around, but then I forgot that it was on. So just walked out with it. Wow. I've like put stuff in my pocket, but never anything big. Like Can I had you, friends. Hold on. I got to call 911. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's very specific. This was probably 15 years I, ago. <laughs> Did you I ever s- steal stuff? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I still like, I'm not going to lie. I still like snacks all the time from like, I, for a long time, I stole any sort of medicine I needed Okay. From a gas station. Nice. So, look, if I needed, like, cough medicine or anything, I was like, I'm not paying for that. Man, there's... And here's the thing. is I'm 6'9". That's true. And so, if you can't see me <laughs> stealing from you <laughs> with your eyeballs... Yeah, his pocket is at you, your eye level. <laughs> you deserve <laughs> to be... Or also, you don't care enough, also, like, whatever. Also... Self-checkouts at grocery stores are I am stealing from you machines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I there's there's so many ways. Mm-hmm. You just don't ring shit. I, I haven't rang up a case of soda in I don't know how long. I went through a period of just like, we you do beer runs when you mm-hmm. were under 21, right? You'd go into a grocery store and then you just walk out with beer. I would do that, but with food, like with sandwiches or whatever, just mm-hmm. pre-made stuff. Like, I just... It lasted for a couple of years, I feel like, when I was in college. Yeah. But there's like, now I feel like I should be stealing more just from my financial situation because we travel so much and right. it's fucking expensive, especially in airports or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't. should bring it back. I <laughs> should start stealing again, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we do need to bring it back. Yeah. Also, I think it's not we not stealing it. anymore. It's not like, and that was the one thing is it's like when I worked retail, I was like, oh, this person is stealing from me specifically. Mm. No, they're stealing from a company with a insurance. Huge company, a huge too. company with insurance. Yeah, it's like well, like Walmart. You literally have to do something fucking crazy for them to even give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, so, like, as far as like stealing from self checkouts, if you're not going to pay somebody a wage to do a job and you're going to make a robot do it, yeah, what do you fucking expect? I'm stealing from that robot. Yeah. <laughs> they I, didn't say anything. Yeah, That's not my fault. Yeah, that robot was that robot going to stop me? No. I feel like not the, yet. The most like food was probably is probably always the easiest to steal, even when not that it was really stealing because our bosses at the time were like, yeah, just take whatever. Yeah. At the Boys and Girls Club when we would make them snacks and stuff like anything left over, I would just oh, take. Yeah. So there was a period of time where like that was my dinner every mm-hmm. night was whatever. So I because I eventually was the assistant director there as well. I made the <laughs> the snack like schedule and like plan and bought whatever we needed so then i would like pick stuff that i liked like i changed it around that's and fucking stuff. incredible <laughs> so that i could take it home later <laughs> which the kids were fine that's awesome it. yeah i hope you guys like uh edamame <laughs> yeah i mean on, we had we had pot stickers and rice we did spaghetti and stuff we had like grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup like different because before it was like gorp and you know cheese it's and whatever What's wheat thins gorp? You've never heard of GORP? No. Okay. <laughs> it's, I think it stands for uh, goldfish. I don't know what the O is. Anyways, Oreos. raisins, pretzels. Like, it's just a mixture of, okay. like, little snack shit. But you put, like, M&Ms and so you know, whatever. Oyster crackers. Yeah. <laughs> Oyster crackers. I don't remember what that is. Goldfish Oreos. <laughs> raisins and pretzels. Raisins you know. and pretzels. Yeah. Sounds like the worst potato salad a white person has ever made. <laughs> yeah, they quit putting olives in it. Um, yeah, so whatever, just like yeah. l- legit snacky stuff. And then I changed it to one of them had salad with it. I don't know. It was just, yeah. And disguised it as like, oh, this is better for them than 
M&M's or whatever. Yes. But like really, a, I was like, like I a, can take this home when they don't need it. A petty cash thieving Jamie Oliver. Just, <laughs> the kids need Oreos. <laughs> they need it. They love them. Uh, I do, now that you're bringing it up, like I feel like I should steal more. Now, you should. But... Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, you've stolen already so many hearts. <laughs> and I'm not giving them back, so no. might as well no. keep going. <laughs> this episode of The Shift is brought to you by Weed Maps. Weed Maps, the number one app for finding marijuana dispensaries wherever you are. Are you in a state and you want to know where you can get that kind bud? Then use Weed Maps. They will show you different dispensaries' menus, what their specials are, and how to get there. So again... If you're looking for to get higher than the fucking Smoky Mountains, then fucking use Weed Maps. Weed Maps. All right. Uh, when did you make the decision to shift gears and focus 100% on comedy? I probably made the decision quite a while before I did it, but yeah. um, it was, let's see, I have been doing stand-up for four years when I actually, or maybe four and a half, when I actually left it was the boys and girls club i left i was going to leave a year prior but i got a dui so <laughs> i then had to stay those are expensive if you mm, didn't know yep. then I had to stay longer save more money all that stuff and then left and most of it was saving money i think was really because you know because so my intention was to move to los angeles which i did but i left the Boys and Girls Club right at the beginning of the school year, which was normal when you would transition from summer to school time. Like that was mm-hmm. a lot of people would come and go at that time. And then I went on tour for three months, which was, um, you know, now the way I travel and stuff. And I've, you know, you get tired of sleeping on people's couches and stuff. Yeah. So you're like, I'd rather be in a hotel, you know. But then I didn't have that, those hangups or aches really. And so it was three months of, uh, we stayed in two hotels that whole time. It was just couches and sometimes guest rooms or floors or whatever. And it was so like, I, I, you know, you say, Oh, did you break even? I mean, essentially, yeah, I made a little bit of money on that tour, but most of it was not like, I wouldn't eat out. I would like, we'd have a cooler in the back of the car and I would just like buy grocery stuff, like the cheapest I would buy like sliced Turkey, but it's like the grossest Mm -hmm. brand or whatever, you know, stuff like that. And really, and I was like having a great time. Yeah. And and honestly, that's half of the reason I know so many people in other scenes is because of that trip. Right. Like festivals and stuff, also great. That's how you meet people. But just going around and spending some time in another scene, one, is pretty eye-opening about your own scene. But two, is like, that's how you meet people. And it's easy because if you come to Seattle, I can get you every show you want, you know. So that's helpful when you meet people. I don't think I really thought of it at the time. But now it's like, oh, yeah, I've fucking slept in your... <laughs> right your daughter's bed or whatever you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. i've definitely had that yeah uh so you're bonded a little bit um yeah it's like one of those situations where like it's i romanticize it a lot of what like because i'm past I, I mean i still do it occasionally the sleeping on somebody yeah, else's sometimes because you you know i mean after today I yeah featuring Featuring for people, you know, or hosting for people if you're trying to, like, get into a new club or something. They just, a lot of times you don't get a hotel. So. And they don't pay very well, too. I mean, shit, so. I, I just headlined a club and I didn't get a hotel. So Yep. Um, I that as well. And so, <laughs> you know, it. you really have to love what we're doing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so that's been, that was seven years ago. I've been full-time for seven years that's crazy i know it is and it's well and i'm not saying that I'm like well but it is kind of nuts to and i never went back i never have had a day job since then i probably fucking should have at some mm-hmm. points but i didn't and so and then i lived in los angeles for three years i was on the road most of the time from there so then there was a year where i didn't live anywhere i just was on the road and basically i think that was the deciding point was do i go back to having a day job and and kind of doing this or whatever or do i just fucking i think make it I, work i feel like i met you at the sunday show when it was at alley cat yeah with dave wait uh, i might have been with mitch burrow oh but, no it was mitch burrow yeah. that's right yeah okay so maybe we met, sorry met Be- many, bearded, many, i always yeah, yeah. bearded many, guys well they the used to live store. together too yeah. so that'll mess you up but um yeah 
Mm-hmm. And that was uh, that was during that time, I think, when I lived in L.A. But and Mitch is someone that I would go on the road with a lot yeah. because and we both liked it. You know, it's just so, yeah, essentially I chose continuing to be able to do that over going back to a day job Mm -hmm. and then which is how i ended up i back in the northwest kind of right before COVID, and now the landscape has changed so much that actually it works fine for me to live there so which is great and now i'm like a weird weirdly adjusted adult i have a wife and a kid and 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 a house and (laughs) and i can still do it so it's a kind of crazy so you release is your special with helium come out yet mm-hmm. it, it yeah that was two weeks ago and well, yeah it'll be two weeks ago tomorrow i think but um and it's just on youtube on their youtube on helium it's called big stepdad energy big stepdad energy mm-hmm. uh did you have an album out before that I had two albums before that one both in 2020 about a month apart one is a stand-up album called mostly finger guns and then the other one is a guided meditation album but it's like oh. dirty guided meditation <laughs> But they both went number one on iTunes, so I'm I'm proud of that. Well, that's good. <laughs> Dirty meditation. Yeah, I have them. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Um, what was making the jump like for you emotionally, mentally? Was it taxing? Was it like anxiety? I mean, I feel like we all have that anxiety about when to even do it, but like. Did it feel like you were jumping off a cliff almost or? I think the most anxiety it is, is figuring out when, but when you do it, it's exciting. Like you're, you're I, well, and maybe it depends on how old you are at the time. Cause I was like, I think 25 mm-hmm. and yeah, that makes sense mathematically. Um, young enough still to be excited and hopeful in a way that like, I don't think I was under the impression everything was going to go differently than it did mm-hmm. or that it wasn't going to be hard or something, but it was still, it was I think the excitement overrode the fear. Right. But as it goes, it's just, there was moments where it, it's really fucking hard to follow your dreams. It can be really painful at times, but it doesn't, not to the point where I wanted to quit or considered that, but I just, I just knew it didn't feel great, even though I was doing what I wanted. So there's an excitement when you first do it because I think you do have all these ideas of like, this is how it's going to be. And, and I know, and I knew then that there was, there's an interim part to that, you know, before it gets more comfortable and better and better. It's a really fucking slow burn. Sure. Some people blow up fast or become more stable faster, but even then I don't think it's, you don't stay on top or you don't, you know, it's an up and down. Like it, there's just always going to be difficulties and yeah, go ahead follow your dreams, but it's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah, but I mean, again, it's all about are you willing to bet on yourself? I think the hardest parts are actually figuring out the doubt in the middle. Do you read into that enough to quit or Mm -hmm. to go back to something else or to change, you know, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves for that. Um, That's the hardest part, though, because that would be a decision that you don't really want to make when quitting your job and leaving is one that you do want to make. So those are the harder moments, I think, when, you, when you're really doubting yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the hardest part for you? I think probably there was some moments, maybe on the road, I was going to say L.A., but once I was in L.A., it was I still had a place and stuff. When you don't have your own space, it really fucks with you. Mm-hmm. So being on the road, not feeling, so you have a bad show or something on the road, or you don't make very much money on the road, whatever, you know, finances are stressful no matter what. And then you're alone in Kentucky or whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those were the really hard moments. And honestly, I think that was when like, I drink too much or, um, just like not taking care of my body in any way or things like that. Like that could really spiral when I was on the road because it is fucking lonely. Right. And now, and honestly, if I hadn't met my wife at the time that I did, it was really a lonely time. And like I was figuring out how to travel less because when you're single, when you're alone or you're not tied to anything, you're just like, yeah, I'll just go on the road for a month or two months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just keep going. And then it, it just eats away at you. You're not sleeping in the same place very often. You're not eating well. It's hard to eat well on the road. You know, all those things. There's no, 
routine really you can try but it's really hard to have a routine on the road and so once i got this person and reason to kind of thing to come back to all the time and i actually felt like and i do feel like i have a space like that really helped but there was a time kind of right before that where it was pretty fucking depressing (laughs) and lonely and you know even though like my career was fine there was projects i was working on you know i was excited about those things the balance wasn't there like at all so are you uh sober no no Mm -mm. i know a lot of people are going through that yeah which i think i mean I get it. And I've, I have been before and taken breaks, I guess not, I really have been sober, but yeah. taking breaks and stuff. And I totally get it. And it's really hard, especially if you're drinking too much and then traveling like on your body. Yeah. Just the, yeah. So, but I don't, you know, I don't drink very much anymore. I think mostly cause I'm old, but it's, you know, like, I'm just like, I can't, I don't even drink fast when I do drink. So, yeah. which is helpful. I'm even getting to the point where like, I used to be like, oh, let's, you know, if I'm around a bunch of comics, let's fucking stay up all night. Yeah. I got to pick one or two of the three days. That's what happened last night. Not that I was like, I stayed till the end of the show, but mm. I was like twitching well, the whole you, time. I, I watched you bolt and I was just like. <laughs> well, I was going to pee and then I and then I heard him, be, like that was the end. I heard you guys be like, oh, thanks. You know, and then you're doing your announcements yeah. and I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll just go. And in my head, I was like, I should. I want to, but it was so late already yeah. and I had traveled that day, you know, I was on a Greyhound bus in the morning. So it's like, that's not good. So even tonight. Where are you at tomorrow? No, I'm flying out of Cincinnati, but I'm not anywhere. I just, okay. So I have to take a bus to Cincinnati and then fly. It was difficult to fly here from Seattle Yeah, it, financially. So yeah. that's why I flew to Indy on uh, Thursday and then I'm flying out of Cincinnati just because it was like a thousand dollars cheaper. That's fucking insane. Yeah. So stupid shit like that. So then, yeah, like tonight, if you and I got hammered after the show, that would be over at whatever, 1230 mm-hmm. or whatever, stayed up late. And then I have to get on a bus at eight in the morning. Like you would, I can't nope. do it physically anymore. I know that I can't. So, I mean, I used to be able to, but even then I felt terrible, you yeah. know, and there's no reason for you to do that. <laughs> so don't do it we're networking <laughs> yeah exactly this is networking which no one yeah remembers I feel you like that time you can do it at a festival because you know you're all in one spot yeah and, well yeah. and you're like i feel like it's built into it too you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> the hang is part of it yeah for sure but again i just hit ten thousand laughs again this year and i took one day off and i honestly it wasn't even like planned i literally grabbed you know they give you that poster of all of our cartoon characters or whatever yeah and so I grabbed that and I grabbed one for my roommate Chris Higgins at the time. And I said, I'm just going to run this back to the hotel because we were at that hotel across the. Yeah, across the street. And so, like, I walked in <laughs> and I, like, looked at the. I was just stoned out of my goddamn mind. And I looked over and I saw that they had, like, an ice cream cooler in the hotel. So I, was, like, I grabbed, like, one of those chip witches, you know, the yeah. two cookies. Oh, I love that. And so, like, I walked into the hotel room and old school was on TV. And then I woke up at 3 a.m. Yeah. as Higgins is like walking in and he goes, what happened? And I go, oh, no, I missed everything. <laughs> but that's like, especially when I'm high, because I'm not a very social high mm-hmm. person. I don't love to talk when mm-hmm. I'm stoned. So if you put me in a in my room when I'm stoned and you give me the option, do you want to go back? I do not. I yeah. definitely do not want to go back. Like, that's yeah. just what happens. If I'm drinking, I'm more social, but mm-hmm. I shouldn't be. You know, like there should be like... This did, I don't, I, maybe it is just because I'm old. I hate being hungover now. Like, I hate it. Oh, man. And if you're at a festival, then you're like, well, now I'm wasting this day mm-hmm. of just laying in bed until my show at seven. You know, like, it's yeah. just really not. Everybody's like, do you want to go do something? And I was like, like, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Jimmy John's across the street. I'm going to try to garner enough courage to go there. To go instead of delivering it. <laughs> <laughs> um,. I had to take I had to take Louis Katz to go get he left a car his card reader in New York oh. and they're selling posters and they just didn't move any last night because they didn't have a card reader. Fuck. So I had to take him to Best Buy today and I was just like dreading it all day because yeah. I just I don't like having to like go anywhere. Yeah, I I, like- I was in my car anyway because I was just smoking chain smoking bowls and <laughs> listening to music and Louis like Hey, can you take? And I was like, Fine. I guess. Yeah. So we did grab some food, but yeah. Well, that's so that I mean that I end up doing that so much of just like I kind of have to force myself to go and do stuff during the day because 
I would I guess that means I'm an introvert, but it takes a lot of energy for me to do shows and talk to people afterwards. So I kind of have to save it up during the day. It's such a weird, <laughs> I was talking to my therapist about this this week, um, where I was just like, we are macro dosing attention. Mm-hmm. And then it really is like crazy. Cause like, you know, most people have go throughout their day and they'll see people talk to people. And that's like their attention through the, like we do that. But then if we're doing a two show night, it's I'm in front of fucking 300 people uh, and then 300 people again mm-hmm. and then people are trying to talk to me. Yep. And then afterwards it is silence. Yes. And I am in a different city and I it's such a weird like up and down. Yes. This job has the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. For sure. And I mean, that's that's genuinely where that like worst feeling yeah. comes from is the low afterwards, I guess, or the loneliness. But then also like, I need that. I can't. Some people, I don't get it. Mitch is one of them where they just want the attention. They want that all the time. Mm-hmm. So like we'd get done and he'd be like, let's go do karaoke. And I'm like, fucking why? Like, I don't want to be around more people. More people are going to stare at you. Go mm-hmm. for it. I'm going to sit in the corner of this bar while right. you do karaoke. And that's fine. But yeah, it's, I just, which I get it. It's a personality difference. I'm sure. And I know some people are, yeah, fine with that. But for me, I need to gather myself before and yeah. after. Yeah. Um, when did you feel like you were fine? Like you were okay? Well, (laughs) this would have been a great question to ask you if you uh, didn't have a show get canceled canceled by a fucking parade. (laughs) Um, I would say that I felt like that a few times, actually. Like sometimes (laughs) I, I would say probably the last three years I've made a considerable amount more money, which unfortunately does garner stability. Mm -hmm. And the fact that another human being who doesn't do this sees my finances (laughs) and sees my lifestyle and goes, yeah, that's fine. Really to me says, okay, this is okay because we've talked before. Cause now like I have a certain amount of money I need to make per month. Right. And Mm -hmm. that's, I book accordingly. And that is to maintain our rent, food. We have a kid. I pay for a lot for him, you know, stuff like that. So that number is a lot higher than it used to be. And when I was like alone, I was like, I $800 and if I made $800 in a month, I could pay my rent and live and stuff like when I was in LA. Yeah. And she's always like, I don't know how you did it. And I go, I don't fucking know how I did that either. You know, and which, you know, some months you make more or whatever. And now it's three four times that right and i i will say this till i'm blue in the face comics who don't come from money Mm. that pick this life if you want to figure out how to slash a budget or how to do anything or how to just live like a crazy person living poor is what we are exceptionally good at oh yeah um happy to help well that was the other part for me because i did have friends who did the same thing you know Mm -hmm. saved up money but they worked at fucking boeing or whatever and i worked in nonprofits forever so you know i never had money i was always not making a lot um so the, the transition wasn't that crazy for me for that reason but if you are going from one to the other you have to live so differently yeah like it's crazy now i live i I mean obviously i live in certain different you know i still have a day job and i only i have that because i have a pretty good friend group there because i've worked there forever yeah i have health insurance well and it seems like you can still do comedy as much as you want so those situations like hold on to it right yeah um but because I do not have anybody relying on me, mm-hmm. I have started making considerably more money at stand-up mm-hmm. through other things and stuff like that. And because of it being your dream, <laughs> that money doesn't seem like it's going into the I'm paying bills. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you got paid to like, I don't know. I don't, you know, you, so you, I, I, I spend that money pretty, 
recklessly Literally. currently <laughs> that's funny um, well i because i know i have to weird everyone with that looks at it is like this doesn't make any sense but like i only count the money that i get paid from the show mm-hmm. as my income not necessarily on my taxes but you know like that's what that number for the month needs to hit and i go because i know i'm spending the other stuff whatever the stuff i get from youtube or mm-hmm. my merch money and stuff like i I, yes, I want that, but I know that that's just helping me kind of pay for the other shit right. that is dumb and the travel and the, you know, I have to eat today, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And so I just don't even, I just think it washes itself out basically. Yeah. So you could be like, oh, I'm making all this other money. but it I, don't, I don't look at, I don't look at gas or anything like I that. I know. I just yeah. go, I'm making this amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then I just think to myself, well, I was going to eat today anyway, regardless <laughs> of where I was. That's true. That so is true. If it's in Louisville, Kentucky... That's fine. Yeah, just maybe so. a different dish. What has been your favorite moment so far? Man. I don't know. That's a really hard question, I feel like. So it's clearly not having a parade cancel your <laughs> That was, uh, it's up there. But um, yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like doing any of the things that I've made, I felt very proud of because I've done most of them myself in in considerable capacity. I made a documentary series mm-hmm. um, that I applied for a grant for and got that. And then, so to, to have an idea to figure it out and then have it actually be a thing is pretty good. So I feel like that with the albums and um, I think maybe recording my album, even though I really enjoyed the special, but because I did that in Seattle and we like sold out a bunch of the shows, which is... Right. It just makes you feel good. Who's your album through? On Tour Records okay, is who cool. did yep. that one. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, the special coming out, even though it's still new, is good because I'm really bad at watching myself, and I actually don't hate watching this one. <laughs> like, I actually oh, good. feel good about it. So that was, you know, they were all pumped about it, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe they're just saying that to get me excited, you know? But then mm-hmm. when I watched it, I was like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. So... That made me feel good. I don't know if there's one. Honestly, maybe it's getting our house. I mean, that was. Um, yeah, I feel like I had preached balance for so long. Mm-hmm. But then actually having this more balanced home life and, you know, really actually becoming a parent and a partner yeah. and that stuff. And, and then still being able to be who I am as a comic and and work the same way. That's probably the actual like greatest moment am i supposed to say my wedding anyways um, <laughs> it's only been four weeks and i good. forget that it happened um, when was your wedding four weeks ago how was it it was great it was yeah. really good yeah we looked awesome and it was a lot of stress leading up and um i uh i mean that have I, you been doing the borat this entire time my wife my wife um it's been, f- we have been like very silly, like, hey, wife, you know, like we mm-hmm. call each other that too much, which is, I'm sure, annoying, but nobody's there, so that's fine. Um, I actually, so this, like today when they canceled the show or called me about it, like I just started laughing because I do feel like there is this odd pattern of weird little th- glitches happen in my life when things are good, you know, like, like that obviously is a very minor one, but I started getting sick like all the time three weeks before our wedding. And I thought it was stress. I just thought it was like anxiety and which was really bad. And I was actually really worried about how I was going to be on the day and stuff. And I was like getting sick and like I lost like 10 pounds, which I've had multiple doctors go, well, at least I was right before your wedding. I'm like, thank you. Um, Oh, no. Good God. Um, But then it didn't go away. And so I actually had to do a bunch of tests and stuff. And we found out like two days ago that it's C. diff, which is like an intestinal infection. That if you've seen Tig, which is the documentary about Tig Notaro mm-hmm. on, that's what she has while she's filming a movie right before she gets breast cancer or whatever. And I was like, this is too, because people sometimes are like, you're kind of like Tig on stage, you know? And I'm like, thank you. That's, you know, I think mm-hmm. she's hilarious. And then I'm like, well, I also married a woman. Now I have C. diff. Let's stop there. Let's yeah. stop with that. But yeah, so it turned out I had this infection through my whole wedding, like the whole thing. <laughs> it was like, I was like, well, fuck. I thought, Did you enjoy the cake at all? <laughs> I didn't have any of the desserts, but I didn't, you know. Yeah. Was it, so we had little pies. Um, 
But I had we you had had little pies. Uh huh. You didn't have cake. No, we had little pies and macaroons. Mac- oh, macaroons. Okay. Yeah. But we did we did like a lot of we did chicken wings. Um, we had I'm in. little grilled cheese sandwiches with like a soup shooter. Oh, okay. Shrimp. That's what I wanted. Shrimp. Um, a little uh, pulled pork sliders. Where the C diff came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had it before that. Which, if you're worried about it, it comes from. Well, can often come from taking antibiotics. So because I travel all the time, I had a throat infection in August. And the antibiotics they gave me for that probably caused the C. diff. Which now I've been prescribed another antibiotic for the C. diff. So hopefully that does what it's supposed to do. But If you get F. diff. Yeah. That'll fuck be this. No. Um, all right. Yeah. So, But the wedding was great and my body kind of locked it down that day. I didn't even pee during the wedding, which was good. So <laughs> I know. You got that stage health. Yeah. Yeah, Pushed exactly. Right through. We made it and it was great and we looked good and yeah. Hell yeah, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find you? In Louisville, I don't think I'll be able to leave. <laughs> 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 no, uh everything's my name monicanevy.com at monicanevy on the social media platforms. M O N I C A N E V I Monica Nevy. You got it. And then um, my special Big Stepdad Energies on YouTube. If you just search that, or if you go to Helium Comedy Studios, it's on there under the full specials. And your albums are called uh, Mostly Finger Guns. It's a stand-up mm-hmm. album, and that's available on all the streaming stuff or Apple or whatever if you want to buy it. And then um, the meditation album is called Chill, and that is Chill. also available on all the streamers. All right. What are you looking forward to? You got any big things coming up? Anywhere people can see you? Yeah. Um, Next week, I'll be in Los Angeles on November 3rd. Um, And then I'll be in San Diego the 4th and 5th. Where are you there? Mic drop. The mic drop. And um, I'll be in New York November 17th, I think. I think that's right. It's a Thursday. I'm at um, Stand Up New York. And then... I'll be back in Indianapolis at Helium December 1st through. I'm with Chris Porter on that one. And then I'm coming back in February to headline. You're featuring for Chris Porter? Mm-hmm. I am hosting those shows. Hey, look at us. Well, we'll be there. Come hang out. Yeah. I feel like that's about for the end of the year. I have some Oregon stuff, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's all on my website. Yeah, we're, all, we're upstairs that weekend. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. that'll be fun. Well, it was supposed to be me headlining upstairs. And so then he, they switched it. Yeah, to him, and they were like, "Okay, we'll put you well, here." You, and then you know who they put downstairs? Who's downstairs? Um, I th- it's that. Uh, oh, was he supposed to be downstairs? He was supposed to be downstairs, God, and I then they put, um, I think Namesh Patel. Okay, is downstairs, okay. and that guy just sells out. That, like, yeah, everywhere. I mean, yeah. what makes sense? I don't know. I mean, Chris to me seems like he would sell them i work at least usually upstairs, with chris has been doing the upstairs room or like the smaller rooms really i don't know yeah i don't know i mean i have some more booked now that special came out they finally were like here's yeah. the smaller rooms but it's weird because you don't i mean even with some of the other people that put specials out i just like them so much as comics but still sometimes people don't know them enough i guess so like their numbers are just not what i mm-hmm. thought not bad i think everybody's got fine yeah. numbers but just yeah, not as much as I had right. hoped for them, or maybe for myself too. But big question: Are you gonna stay an extra day to do the Sunday show <laughs> this week? No, no, next time. Yeah, in December. I could. We'll I feel like I've it. done it so many times this year. Not so just twice. You probably yeah. have new material, right? That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Because the special came out. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right, well, we'll talk about it okay, off, yeah. off pod. <laughs> we will. Off pod. Okay, real business. All game. right. Well, thank you so much for coming to. Uh, this city you're locked into because <laughs> of a parade. Um, please go follow Monica on social media. Listen to her album. Watch her special. She's so funny um, and so kind and, you know, a great hang, which Thanks. is very important oh, in comedy. That means a lot to me. And uh, just an all-around rad person. And um, she dunks on people. So Yeah, children mostly now. Yeah, but just otherwise. straight up dunking on, on children like <laughs> Mandel. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, for Monica Nevy, I've been Alex Price. This is the shift. Oh, one real quick. Do you have any advice for anybody who wants to follow their dreams? Wants to follow their dreams. Um, do it. 
that's yeah. good advice <laughs> it's gonna hurt but yeah. when it does don't just expect that there will be pain how about that right do it but expect that it's gonna be hard okay okay all right so <laughs> for monica i'm alex just remember follow your dreams fuckos you got this all right love you bye Subscribe.